Welcome to this week's episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. You know, you don't really have to have money problems. Did you know that? I know I might get uh, some hate mail for saying this. And I know that members sometimes get into an awful bind on money, and I should be more sympathetic, and I, I am capable of that. We like to help our members, and we always have an ear for someone's troubles. But I have to tell you, money is not the hardest problem to solve. There are tougher ones that we try to get over, like how not to hire low-tone weirdos and how to train and keep the good employees. These are tougher to teach than how to make more money, frankly. At least with making money, there is a high willingness to learn. Maybe that's what it is. But I can tell you right out of the gate, one thing that is not effective in making more money, and that is to worry about it. I have not seen worry do anything to help anyone make more money. I want you to imagine you're at a gambling table. I'm not trying to advocate gambling as your best means to handle your money problems, so don't take it that way. But two men sitting at a gambling table one confident and certain, and the other one worried out of his mind. Who do you think is going to do better at taking home some cash? Mr. Hubbard describes it this way in a lecture delivered on the 1st of December, 1952. Quote, Did you ever see anybody at a gambling table who cared desperately and who had to win? Did you ever see him win? Not in this universe. But this fellow who's sitting there and he doesn't care, if you got the money, he'd take it out and throw it in a spittoon. And there that fellow sits with the dollars rolling in on him, and he's getting a higher and higher stack of win. But then one day, he gets married or something, he's threatened to lose his job, and he says, I've always wanted gambling. Now I think I'll go back and play. I'll make some money. He's done. He goes back, and he loses and loses and loses and loses and loses. End quote. Okay, so I guess that rules out worrying as a sort of pointless exercise. Mr. Howard wrote an article on the 2nd of June, 1959, titled A Comment on Finance, where he describes some of his own successful actions in handling money, and he also makes this very interesting observation. Quote, In other words, we don't have many people who can handle finance smartly. L. Ron Hubbard. Isn't that interesting? There are not that many people who handle finance smartly. And by that, we don't just mean they know how to hoard it, or count it, or spend it. To handle finance smartly, they should also know how to make it. So, I wouldn't put a lot of stock in individuals who claim to be great with finance if I did not observe that they were also pretty adept at making it. I uh, never went and got an MBA. So what I'm about to say is based on hearsay, not actual experience. I certainly have had my share of MBAs come up to me after a seminar and tell me that they learned more in one afternoon going over the Harvard Management System than they did in their whole MBA program. I've had that happen many times. And I'm not saying this to knock an MBA if you have one, but it's, it's a factual observation, something that's, that's definitely been in my experience. But I have been told by someone who is very, very experienced in the corporate and general business world and himself has an MBA 
that there is one subject that is never taught in an MBA program. You know what it is? Sales. I can also tell you that all my most successful members have one thing in common. You know what that is? They can all sell. They can sell their product. They can sell their ideas. They can sell. So here we have this interesting dichotomy. Over here, we have an MBA program that doesn't teach sales. And over here, in my experience in working with 2,000 Wise members, those that are really successful can sell. By the way, this same person informed me that there is an organization that hires more MBAs than any other on earth. And that organization is the U.S. government. What do you think of their financial policies? All this to say two things. Number one, finance is a subject. And there is a technology to it, and it can be learned. It may not be taught very well in universities, but it is well covered and very accurate in the Hubbard management system. Number two, people who can handle finance smartly are actually relatively rare. If you are lucky enough to be one, great. If not, then I suggest you work on it. And if you have one in your employee, take good care of them and don't waste them. All right, so let's dive in on the rest of this article. But before I do, I want to define the word, and we've used it many times in these in previous episodes, but as Mr. Harper uses it here, the word dissemination, D-I-S-S-E-M-I-N-A-T-I-O-N, dissemination. And the following definition is derived uh, from a glossary appended to one of Mr. Harper's lectures and is based on his works. It's not word for word uh, from Mr. Harper, every aspect of the definition, but it's based on his works. I'm using it, though, because it's very thorough, and I really want you to get uh, the most out of what I'm going to cover with you, and it's important that you get the full concept of this word. So the word is dissemination, and it's defined here spreading or scattering broadly from the Latin word disseminatus, which means to scatter seed. That's dissemination, is to scatter seed. Now, we all know what seed does. If it gets planted somewhere, it grows. All right. Okay, so uh, definition uh, carries on here. Spreading or scattering broadly by dissemination in an organization, we mean making broadly known the materials, services, and results of the organization through books, promotional material, letters, films, other media activities, including word of mouth. So all of your marketing efforts can be categorized as dissemination. Sales can be included in dissemination, making things broadly known. Uh, personal letters that are making services known about the organization. All these things are encompassed in this term, dissemination. It's very broad, covers a lot of activities, but it all has to do with scattering information broadly, planting seeds so that things can grow there too. Okay, so that's dissemination. All right, so he uses that term in this article. I'm going to go back to a comment on finance. So Mr. Howard says, uh, in the article, he says, beside myself, only a few other staff members have a proven record of good financing. Remember earlier on in the article, he said that it's, you know, it's not that easy to find people who handle finance smartly. So and he says, beside myself, only a few other staff members have a proven record of good financing. It might interest you how I do this trick. I disseminate like mad to lots of people and get in lots of money. I don't run up bills if I don't have money. I spend money freely only when it has been made 
and is in the bank. I don't worry about wasting money if I have made the money first. I never, quote, plan for emergencies, end quote. I just make lots of money for the organization. To any financial problem, I answer by making money. To any crucial organizational problem, I answer by disseminating like mad, improving service, and getting in lots of money. Alan Hubbard. So you can see here three basic steps to handling money. Obviously, there's a lot more to finance than what we're covering right now, but these are fundamentals. And this is from his comment on finance and some of the things that he was known for, or some of the things that he used to handle finance in any organization. And it starts with disseminating like mad, right? That's the first step. He goes on in the article, he says, I answer money problems with lots of money, not with worry or sadness or impractical hope. So take the worry out, take the sadness out, take the impractical hope out, take all that energy and invest it rather in disseminating like mad to lots of people. You know, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about the most economical marketing plan and the most effective marketing plan. I was surprised there weren't more downloads on that particular episode. I was thinking, oh man, everybody wants to know how to market better for less. But uh, it was surprisingly low. I don't know. There's a lot of people, I guess, promoting marketing skill and there's a lot of marketing skill to be learned. But that uh, particular episode talks about generating business with referral. You know what your numbers are limited by in terms of creating referral? Basically, your own sweat, your own willingness to disseminate like mad to lots of people. And, you know, most of you have some sort of experience with this. You know, your the bills are piling up and you got to make this number or, you know, you could lose your business or not be able to pay the, the employees or whatever it is. And you get out there, you get on a phone and you sweat it out. You know, I remember my my old man was like that. He would go up into his office. He's, well, I better make some phone calls. Next thing you know, he'd be uh, up in his office, kind of hold, he had a home office and hold up in his office and wouldn't see him for the rest of the day. And there he was just disseminating like mad to lots of people. And uh, never a particularly uh, wealthy man, but never really had that many money problems because uh, that was his rule of thumb. And, you know, he never studied the upper management system, but he kind of instinctively knew, look, you know, uh, things are drying up. I better disseminate like mad, make my organization known, make my services known, make my products known, communicate. And okay, we've talked, done lots of uh, episodes on that, uh, the, the value of outflow, the value of communication. But that's the first lesson about this is that, you, you know, you're having money problems, disseminate like mad, figure out more ways to do it, you know, figure out cheap ways to do it, new ways to do it, old ways to do it that always worked, but disseminate like mad. I didn't really look up the term like mad for you, but get the concept of like mad, like crazy. Like you're a crazy man. Always disseminating. Uh, you know, had a, uh, my old friend, Dr. David Singer, you know, he used to talk about, you know, he was always disseminating. He had the largest chiropractor practice, I think, in the world at one point. And, you know, somebody in the airport, next thing you know, he's talking to him about chiropractic, you know, and cab ride home and, you know, standing at a bus stop. God knows if you ever took a bus. But I'm just saying, uh, he would disseminate like Matt, like a crazy person and uh, very, very successful. So uh, that's your first lesson. Stop worrying. Stop with the impractical hopes. 
and stop with uh, the uh, sadness and disseminate like mad. Now, he says this, very interesting, because a lot of members get this confused. He says, I never count on any one source. I always plan to get the total sum of all the money I need from each one of three or four ways or sources. Now, this is kind of a, a datum that has passed through the wise membership that people go, well, you know, I have to create three different sources of income. That is true. However, I have found a lot to, of individuals interpret this as having to start three businesses or have a job plus two businesses or whatever. No, you can have, you have your business. You should be focused on your business. Make that business a thing of beauty. Make it really roll, right? But if you need to make 10 grand, then you better figure out uh, three different places within your business where you can generate 10 grand. I mean, let's take a look. You can have new customers. We can have a program that creates new customers. We can 10 grand from new customers, or we can uh, reactivate old customers, right? So that would be another 10 grand. Let's figure out how we can make 10 grand by contacting our old customers and, con you know, maybe writing them letters or phone calls or what have you. So there's one place we can get 10 grand. We need 10 grand. So we're going to get 10 grand from uh, this, you know, campaign we have over here this flyer, uh, cold calling campaign, that's going to produce 10,000. And then um, we have over here, you know, our reactivation program, that's going to generate 10,000 this week. And then we need a third source. What about the referral program? You know, uh, it was a Business Wise episode just recently it talked about referral. Why don't we give that a whack and see if we can't create $10,000 through that. And then you know what, just for good measure, let's see all the salespeople and sharpen up their sales uh, skills and see if we can't raise their income by 10,000. So there's four ways we can make the 10,000 we need, right? You can come up with five ways, six ways. He says three minimum. So it's a good idea to always work on multiples of three. It's a good rule of thumb for hiring. You know, you want to hire a person, hire three. You know, chances are only one of them is going to stick. And uh, if all three stick and they're all effective, what's the matter with that? Now you've got a three productive people in your organization. You're going to grow that much faster. But anyway, that's subject for another episode on hiring. All I'm pointing out here is his rule of thumb. He says, I never count on any one source. I always plan to get the total sum of all the money I need from each one of three or four ways or sources. He's talking about within the organization. He's not saying go out and do a bake sale. Fresh muffins, hot out of the oven. Oh, do you know the muffin man, the muffin man, the muffin You run a you know, a dental office, you say, well, I need three sources of income. So therefore I'm going to get into real estate now, or I'm going to start a bakery over here. So I have three sources of income. Now stick with your purpose line, but figure out what are the three sources within that organization for the 10,000 you need or the 50,000 you need. This is Mr. Robert again, but most important, I don't run up bills if I don't have the cash inside to pay them. So what's the sense of running up a bunch of bills? You don't need to, you can figure out how to disseminate like mad without costing a fortune. And then, of course, you're going to reinvest in your more dissemination. You're disseminating like mad. Remember, that's the first thing. It says, but most important, I don't run up bills if I don't have the cash in sight to pay them. Then he goes on to say, I am not parasitic on the organization. I always make many times the amount I may spend on hybrid horned toads with pink ribbons for the front hall, Mr. Hubbard. Okay, so he's saying, yeah, sure. You know, you're making tons of money. You feel like on a whim, you're going to, you know, repaint the office purple or whatever you're going to do. Yeah. Now, now's the time to start, you know, 
spending money like that. But in the meanwhile, you know, you're, you're pretty frugal with your money until you have the money in sight. Then when you have it, who cares? Earlier on, he said, I don't run up bills if I don't have money. I spend money freely only when it has been made and is in the bank. I don't worry about wasting money if I've made the money first. Don't be so frantic about, you know, oh my goodness. You know, we got to make sure every nickel counts. If you've got the money in the bank, you can always solve the problem by making more money. Spend the money you have. You know, you don't have to be a weirdo about every nickel you spend. He says, you know, spend it freely if it's in the bank. Okay, so it's a bit of a different view. You know, some guys figure, well, you know, I got to be tight with every nickel, no matter how much money I have. It, that encroaches on this whole worrying thing, this whole sadness thing. I wouldn't say it's, uh, you know, it's the kinds of insouciance or flippancy that might be a more appropriate approach to making money. Don't get hung up on it. Okay. He then goes on to say, quote, I do now and then throw money away when it's been made and it isn't needed. See, that's Mr. Hubbard. Go ahead. You know, it's only money. It's not just me saying that. The last line of this reference, Mr. Hubbard says, so get smart about money. It's only money. It's made. And if you make it, you can have some. If you don't, you can't. It won't be there to be had. Ron Hubbard. That's the final line of the, uh, of the article. It's like, you know, it doesn't have to be so consuming. It doesn't have to be such something to worry so intensely about. Okay, good. Now, I want to go back a little bit earlier in the reference to a key sentence that we kind of glossed over quickly. And there's a factor here I really want to, to take up with you. Do you remember this line he said earlier? To any crucial organizational problem, I answer by disseminating like mad, talked about that, improving service and getting in lots of money. So you basically got like a three-step program here. Disseminating like mad, which you talked about, improving service. Like that should always be a target in handling money or finance. You want to go through your organization and make sure your service is tops. And I'm not just talking about the quality of the actual delivery. I'm talking about the quality of the experience. How does your office look? It, are you servicing a client or customer better if he comes into a clean, organized, aesthetic facility or a dirty, messed up one? Like it's, it's a factor in service is how you are presenting yourself. So always go through the organization when you're dealing with money issues, finance issues. You want to see what can I do to improve service? And that should be a target. As part of your handling. And then he says, and getting in lots of money. Now, this is a third step. So you got disseminating like mad, improving service, and getting in lots of money. Like, what does that mean, getting in lots of money? I'll tell you one thing it means. Don't resist money coming in. I remember an early lesson I learned. I was uh, very young and I was working uh, as a young executive with uh, a senior executive who just seemed to have a magic touch. With money, everything he touched, uh, you know, he, he turned to gold, you know, almost literally. And at one point I asked him, I said, you know, do you think you could teach me like what your secrets are? Like, how do you, how come you're able to do this? He says, yeah, sure. I'll teach you. So I think it was the next day. Um, I had, uh, I was doing a handling in a company and, uh, I had insisted that they, 
obtain a piece of equipment uh, for the organization to improve their quality of delivery. And uh, the salesman turned around and said, well, here's your commission. I was insisting that the organization buy this equipment, and uh, I don't really feel it's appropriate to take a commission for it. I had not, no expectancy I was going to get a commission. And the senior executive looked at me and started to laugh. He says, okay, here's your first lesson. Stop not taking money. And uh, I looked at that and I had a good laugh. And actually, that was the only lesson he ever taught me uh, from that guy. And uh, I've used it ever since. And since that point, I've had very little difficulty making sure that any organization that I was working with was able to get in, to use Mr. Howard's words, lots of money. So um, just something to bear in mind, make sure that you are getting in lots of money and not resisting it or refusing it or not permitting it to come into the organization. Don't resist it. Don't refuse it. You know, let it flow. And you'd be surprised. You look through your organization, you might find different places where money is actually being stopped. I've searched through trash cans for services that have been bought that no one can seem to find. And, you know, I go through the garbage cans, literally done this more than once. So getting in lots of money sounds almost redundant, but uh, it is a factor. There are people that will not accept money. They have an issue with accepting money. And if you've got that on your lines, it's going to make it hard to get in lots of money. So don't uh, disregard this part of this. You know, you want to be able to have money and get in money and make sure you have people on the lines who can have and get in lots of money. So he says to any crucial organizational problem, I answer by disseminating like mad, improving service and getting in lots of money. Three-step formula. It's not actually a formula, but it's a sentence. And he lists out three things. To any crucial organizational problem, I answer by disseminating like mad, improving service and getting in lots of money. So that's step three. You know, you disseminate like mad, improve service, get in lots of money. One last thing on, uh, on, on improving service. I'll just tell the story and then we'll wrap it up for today. I remember one time I was doing a seminar in Washington, D.C. And it was a seminar actually done for somebody else. It wasn't even for Wise particularly, but it was quite successful. I uh, did a, a talk and... Uh, so everybody wanted to go out for dinner afterwards because it was successful. We went out to a Chinese restaurant, which everybody wanted to go to. I'm not particularly crazy about Chinese food. I, I don't dislike it. It's just not one of my favorites, but I said, fine. But one of the things I always get a kick out of in Chinese restaurants is the fortune cookies because the fortune sometimes seems to have some bearing quite often, actually, uh, in my life. And I, uh, when the fortune cookie came, I opened it up and it said, it gave me this fortune. He says. If you continually give, I'm actually looking at it right now because I still have it. If you continually give, you will continually have. I had a good laugh at that and I showed it to everybody. And uh, I said, you know, I try, to, I try to roll like that. Interesting that I, I got this in my fortune cookie. And then I threw it away. That was uh, that night. And then uh, very early in the morning, I had to catch a train to go back to New York to do another talk for another group. And uh, we did that talk in New York the very next night, and that was also successful. And so everybody wanted to go out to dinner, and of course, they wanted to go to a Chinese restaurant, which again, I wasn't particularly crazy about it, but I went along with the majority. We ended up in a Chinese restaurant. And um, 
again, I was looking forward to, I wonder what the fortune cookie is going to say this time. The fortune cookie comes, I open it up, and uh, that's the fortune I hold in my hand right now as I read this to you. If you continually give, you will continually have. And I figured, well, if I got this two nights in a row in two Chinese restaurants where I sell the meat anyway, in two separate cities, I'm going to hang on to this one. I keep it taped to my uh, computer, and I, it sort of aligns with this comment on finance where LOH is talking about, Mr. Hubbard's talking about improving service. So don't worry. Don't be sad. Don't have impractical hopes. Get busy. Disseminate like mad. Improve service. Get in lots of money. Hope this was helpful to you. I know it's kind of fundamental, but I hope it uh, is helpful. Please do let me know. Write me at info at wiseeastus.org or leave us a comment or a like. The more you do of that, the higher we go in our standings here in uh, Podbean. We're doing great. I mean, we're well over 100,000 downloads now and 2,000 followers. It's kind of phenomenal what's happening. I'm very pleased that it's been able to serve so many people, and I hope it's serving you. So let us know. Until next week, talk to you then.